Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller, and alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. I've still got a broken laptop, so I'm still doing this from my phone. So all I will say at the moment is I apologize if the sound isn't up to our usual standard. I will get a laptop soon. If there are any benefactors out there that wish to donate a laptop to the Everything F1 team to make sure I have better sound. I will always take the donations, but I'm sure I'll get a laptop at some point soon. What have you been up to, Coops? Anything interesting? I was in Bournemouth for the weekend, which is far away from where I normally stay. Just a uh, little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you go to the seaside? Did you dip your feet in the water? Are you kidding? It was freezing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I work uh, as part of my work. I'll do you work for Eunice in the union. And um, we have a yearly conference, so that's where they chose to have it this year. So it was a fun few days. Haven't been there before. Had a lo- had a walk along the Burmese Pier, watched some people mm. zip line across off it, which is interesting. Nice. Uh, I didn't because I'm <laughs> Scottish. I'm Scottish and too tight to pay the money to do it. So yeah, it's probably about fifty. Hi, uh, <laughs> for about two and a half seconds. Uh, so so no, it was fun. And then back home, back to work. Yeah, didn't actually watch the Grand Prix. I managed to avoid the result of the Grand Prix. I watched the first two laps sitting at Southampton Airport and then turned it off and right. never knew the result until I actually watched it. So didn't know what happened to Charles Leclerc. Didn't, I knew that Verstappen won because right before I went to start watching it, I went to the BBC Sport website and saw who won. So I knew that part. Mistake. I knew right before as well. Uh, but I didn't know any of the kind of subplots or anything else. So it was good. Uh, and the only thing I did do was I made I made a complete ass of myself because I got angry on Friday night because I could not find the qualifying results because I forgot it was Friday. Mm-hmm. And the whole night, I'm like, why why can't I find it? Why? Oh, it wasn't on any of the kind of catch-up shows. And it wasn't till Saturday morning. I'm sitting with breakfast, just about to go and do my union stuff with a friend of mine. And uh, I went, oh, it's Saturday today? Oh, So, yeah, the whole night was rather... So you came too soon? <laughs> right, we also got alongside us today. We've got Will. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, good. Hopefully, not caught off guard by my rude statement a moment ago. <laughs> Have you been up to anything this week? Just trying to catch up on all the news from the weekend. Really, been plenty mm. of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, we've got Connor too. Hi, Connor. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's an all chat lineup tonight so we've got four chaps to, to chat about the, the first race of the season you've been up to anything for the last past week Connor? apart from recovering from being ill just literally covering the f1 for you guys and a couple of other sites and just obviously reading a lot writing a lot so yeah that's about it really you are engrossed in the whole thing it, your, your life is all about motorsport pretty much <laughs> Well, that's a good way to be. Now, those of you who are watching live on Facebook, you might see me wearing a funny jumper. And that's because we've struck a partnership with a website called theraceworks.com. Now, it's an absolutely fantastic website. It's got all your F1 merch that you might want to get, all, your, all the big teams, all the teams across the grid, actually. And we've partnered up with them. And we've done some great content over the weekend. We got to go to the F1 arcade, giving away some free caps and a free loads of free stuff basically to some of the people in the F1 arcade. We worked out the amount of prizes that we took would cover 7% of the F1 arcade attendance that day. So 7% of people who went to the F1 arcade this weekend to watch the Bargain Grand Prix watch party actually got a free bit of merchandise. So that was a, a fantastic thing from, from our partners now. So you could go over to their website, www.theraceworks.com. And if you want to buy any merch from this year, if you looked at all the lines that they have this year, they've got all the lines from Ferrari, Mercedes, all from the 2023 range. If you want a discount, you can use the code EF1 at checkout 
and you'll receive 10% off. And they're really good with their delivery as well. They, If you order before 2 p.m. on any given day, not during the week, Monday to Friday, they will ship it that exact same day. So you'll get it within 48 hours if you're in the UK. If you're in the US, they get it to you within a week. And if you're in Australia or New Zealand, it's roughly a week, maybe a little bit, just a couple of days, maybe to, to nine days. So they're really, really good. You know, an absolutely fantastic website, and they've been really good to us. And we're going to be doing more giveaways throughout the year as well, thanks to obviously this partnership. So please help us go and buy yourself your merch from that website because you get that extra discount by being a fan of Everything F1. Anyway, we'll move on to the race review because that's what you've tuned in to listen to. We obviously have the first race of the season in Bahrain. And well, a few teams certainly had to show their hands and it's been a bit disappointing as a not so secret McLaren fan. And is it a bit disappointing because it's going to be a dominant year for Red Bull? We'll go to Coops first. What do you think, Coops? Is it is it setting itself up to be maybe a bit of a dominant year for Red Bull this year? No. Okay. <laughs> because the punishment from the cost cap situation last year will not really show its hand until the second half of the season. Yeah. Because the way that this 10% reduction, it kicked in from the minute they were given it and it lasts for 12 calendar months. So mm-hmm. it's right up until almost the end of last season. They'd already started development on the car before that kicked in. So as other teams start to develop and you hope they develop well, Ferrari sort out the power unit and Mercedes go away and find some side point. And then they'll be slower to develop the car. So for me, they have to do what Braun did and just be dominant for a certain part so so far of the year and hope that they've done enough that the rest of the teams just can't catch up and they just stay there or thereabouts. You know, I mean, it it doesn't look good going by how dominant they were, but, you know, we've had races throughout the years that have been dominant in the first races of the season and it hasn't translated throughout the whole year. So So you're hopeful. You're hopeful. You're hopeful. Obviously, it was a win by Max Verstappen and a second place for Sergio Perez, a pretty dominant form for Red Bull. And they were quite a way off in the distance and they turned their cars down and, and told them to kind of conserve energy, conserve the, the, the engine, all those sorts of things later on in the season because it was such but a I th- dominant. I think they turned down the engines after the first round of pit stops and they done two. Mm. So it was pretty clear pretty early on that it was going to be Red Bull's day up front. Uh, so, yeah, they've done the smart thing. Yeah, but, you know, there's still plenty to talk about. We'll get... Absolutely. Jed is a very different track, very easy to make mistakes, very easy for some to get caught out. You know, who knows? Verstappen, he's not one of the drivers that will get caught out, but maybe he gets caught out by another driver who gets caught out. And, you know, in Jed, mm. so, you know, there's, there's, there's more to happen and more to come, I hope. <laughs> we're hopeful we are hopeful I don't want it all to be doom and gloom because I think it was a great race Will how about you did you enjoy the race were you surprised to see how dominant Red Bull were no and yes I mean no from testing I mean they were clearly the best car the most comfortable team mm. but the race I remember just watching it lap after lap the, that that gap between Max and Leclerc and Perez at the beginning just kept going up and up and up and I think what the big story will be about Red Bull is can Perez do anything about it? Because he, at the moment, is the one that the fans want to do something. But you being one of the big fans that mentioned this last week, and I, yeah. I kind of disagreed with you last week. Um, I still do disagree with you, but I, I, I'd like it to happen. Do you think he's got what it takes, though, after looking at how informed Max was this weekend? I don't think it's about if Perez has got what it takes, I think it's just about how good Max is. Mm. I, I think he's unmatched as a driver at the moment. He's just pure skill, speed, talent, unstoppable at the moment, definitely. Mm. Right, we'll go to Connor as well. Connor, Red Bull dominated weekend, looked fantastic. The car's fantastic. It's it's going to be an uphill battle for the other team to catch up, isn't it? Yeah, well, they've certainly got the best car, and that was clear after testing, obviously. Um, but it's not all doom and gloom. Bahrain, the Bahrain circuit does throw up a particular set of demands. It's a very rare limited circuit, and and with Red Bull's downforce level, they they're not really prone to uh, to hurting the rear tires. Whereas Ferrari, 
they've trimmed some of the downforce out of the car to improve straight line speed, which is where they were lacking, which is why they lost some of the races last season. And around Bahrain with the abrasive circuit, and they just they struggled on the rear tyres, and that was evident. I mean, thinking the first stint, Leclerc was dropping back to Verstappen by around seven tenths to a second a lap, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ferrari's rear degradation was huge, and and it's the same with Mercedes as well. They were just lacking rear downforce and and struggling with traction, and and that's why Aston Martin looked like the second best car. So at Bahrain, Red Bull were clearly a lot stronger, but I think it's exaggerated because when we get to Jeddah, it's a more front limited circuit. I think Ferrari will be a little bit closer. They've got a they've improved the straight line speed of the car, so I don't think it will be as dominant as it mm. was at Bahrain throughout the season. There will be tracks where it will be, but I think. I think Fro will be a little bit closer. Well, there you mentioned the the Aston Martin team. So Red Bull came first and second, dominated the weekend to start of the season. But actually, we had a really fantastic race for that third place position. For a long portion of the race, it was the Ferrari team that had that position. And then here comes the, you know, the old man, Alonso, uh, in his Aston Martin, that he was surprised to be, you know, fighting where he was or the positions that he was. And he managed to get that third step on the podium now that was an absolute you know I'm not Fernando Alonso's biggest fan but I can't help but just respect the guy he's the oldest guy on the grid he was driving before Oscar Piastri was even born in Formula One it's quite a quite a romantic story as it as it is could this be his year Coops I think Aston Martin have got what it takes to push and get in front of the Ferrari team and be the main protagonists in the battle for the win this season well, they've got all the ingredients and they've got all, everything in place. Mm. The situation with Alonso reminds me a wee bit of Sonoda. First race, Sonoda done, everyone was like, he's amazing! And then it didn't really happen. Mm. So we have to be realistic. This is round one of 23. Yeah. The car is amazing and it's probably going to be the best of the rest. It'll be, like, ironically, probably like where Red Bull used to be. Mm. You know, they were sitting kind of third. Nobody was anywhere near them. They weren't close enough to the front two. They were, they were far enough away from the rest. It looks as if that's where they are. Because Alpine, if you look at Bahrain, kind of dropped the ball a bit. Although Gasly did have some decent potential pace throughout the whole of the race. Mm. Uh, we just don't, we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, McLaren aren't anywhere. But yeah, I mean, Dan Fallows looks like a really shrewd appointment. He came from Red Bull to Aston Martin. He's working in there on the technical side of it. They brought in some engineers from both of the bigger teams, from Mercedes and Red Bull, to when they when they Aston Martin came mm-hmm. on board or when the Strolls came on board. And you, you can't really count out Alonso. Yeah. You know, for once, it, it looks as if he's picked the right team at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's going to be fun. Like having Alonso in a championship challenge, I'm not sure it's going to have the legs. It's basically the long-winded way of, of me answering your question. He probably isn't going to have the legs. I think Red Bull will probably still take it. But it might be entertaining on the way. It's going to be fun. And I think if it's for Stappen Alonso, you know, battling for a first place, that's going to be a good few corners and a good couple of laps, I think, because... Verstappen's never had to deal with Alonso. Mm. And if you look at what Alonso did to get past uh, Hamilton, or was yeah. it turn 10, I think, he flung it down the inside of completely flummoxed Hamilton, who's a good racer, as we all know. But he's just, you know, I can't remember. Something, it's like some A racer said about Alonso, he spent 25% of his brain is used to race the car. 75% is about thinking about the race while racing. Mm. He's just such a shrewd driver. And Vax has never had to come up with that. So that's going to be good. Let's hope we get it. Will, were you happy to see Alonso showing the whole world how good he is and how good that Aston Martin can be this year? I loved it. I was hosting a, a watch along for my society at uni. And once he crossed that line, everyone just starts clapping because they're all so happy for him. Because just hearing his radio mm. messages about how much he loved the car filled me with so much joy that He's having good, having a good time, having fun, which he has struggled with for the past few years, joining, as he's famous for doing, teams at the wrong time, maybe mm. causing a bit of a ruckus there. But he seems to have fun at Aston Martin and a good relationship with Lance Straw. Yeah, until 
until certain incidents happen if they re- reoccur throughout the season. They did uh, keep that quiet. They, they did, did keep, keep that, that quiet, quiet. For months, though, didn't they? Uh, we'll have to do some investigations into who nearly hit me. Actually, uh, Fernando, it was your teammate. I think they said on the Sky Sports coverage, I think he was told on the kill down lap as right. he was coming in. Mm. By the way, you know, before you get in, uh, it was Lance that gave you the nudge. Of course, he's in a good mood, so that's yeah. the perfect time to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's bouncing, you know. <laughs> ah, it's okay. Uh, it didn't happen. Didn't, it's fine. It's all right. Effect, you know, it's okay. You know. So, yeah, good timing. But it was fun. I, I did hear that when they're like, he keeps asking every time, and they're like, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you could just see something in the back of the garage going, don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was fun. Especially during, you know, obviously the run-up to the season, he's been like, yes, in Aston Martin has got a championship contender in Lance Stroll. He's going to be, you know, he's been playing, saying all the right words. And that would have been the first kind of, issue for, for them I think between the teammates that, that could have put Alonso in one of his bad moods Connor Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso and, and Lance Stroll actually did really well you know this guy has just had to have operations on his wrists he, he was you know a damaged person and he performed well as well he got a, a good position yeah credit to Stroll I think well, two weeks ago it I think you know I, I believed <clears throat> that he wasn't going to be able to make it. I'm sure you all believe that as well. So mm-hmm. that was a great performance to finish a sixth in the end. Um, I, was, I mean, I think he was about 16 seconds off Alonso, but that's not, it's not a bad gap considering the circumstances. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's fantastic to see Alonso finally in a, a competitive car again for an Aston Martin have been able to break into that front group. Certainly at the Bahrain weekend, they were quicker than Mercedes in the qualifying and the race. They were quick. Yeah. Ferrari in the race off of based off of tire deg. So it was it was fantastic. I mean, Bahrain is the only kind of data point that we've got so far. So when we get to tracks like Jeddah, I think they'll they'll be a, not as competitive, but they'll still be up there. I think they'll definitely be a front running team throughout the season. And it's great to see. I mean, not just for Alonso, but the whole team. But yeah, for for Alonso as a as a big Alonso fan, you know, not not necessarily supporting him, but just as a, how he is as a driver. It's Great to see him mm-hmm. back on the podium. And as I say, there, there'll definitely be times when Verstappen said, there'll definitely be times where Alonso has the chance to win because there was times that Verstappen was 40 seconds behind the leaders and he was winning. That's what he said. So mm-hmm. on the right day, the right circumstances, a track that suits that car. If, and if Alonso gets a sniff, I certainly think he can win a couple of races this season, which is just incredible considering that in 2018, it looked like he was never going to be racing in Formula 1 again. Exactly, yeah. And uh, those of you who are watching on the live again, I'm, I'm actually wearing an Aston Martin cap, but I'm also actually wearing my Aston Martin shirt as well, kind of an homage to a fantastic drive and a fantastic car that the Aston Martin team have put out. Yeah. A great, great performance from the team. Uh, Alonso was really surprised at how good the car was. He knew that he was coming into a team that was going to be competitive at some point, he said at the weekend. He didn't know it was going to be immediately. And he even said on the cooldown lap or when he was or a couple of laps towards the end this car is a lovely car to drive and that's just that's good to hear isn't it yeah let's talk about those ill-fated ferraris then they're starting the season in a bit of a bad way i'm going to go to will first with this one ferrari will what can we say charles leclerc having electrical issues well as shocked as i was when he pulled over my surprise went away as it was a charles leclerc in a Ferrari, you know, his car breaking down again. It's like deja vu from last year on many occasions. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously very unfortunate. It did give Alonso that that podium place, but yeah. unfortunately, a lot of it is going to be put on Fred, who was actually getting a lot of praise at at the start of the season, and I worry he's now going to experience what it's like to be a Ferrari team principal. Yeah, well, they can't blame him too much. I mean, he's only been there like three or four weeks, so he, he couldn't have had an effect really on that car. So I think people will see see that at this point. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, they'll give him a season's grace at least. I know Ferrari are brutal, but hopefully, they won't be that brutal. No, they won't give him a season. You'll be lucky if you get about three or four racing. If he has another <laughs> retirement in in Jeddah, there'll be grumbles. And and how about Carlos Sainz? Carlos Sainz just didn't look competitive, really, did he? No, he wasn't part of that top three, really. And 
I mean, the battle between him and Alonso was great to watch. Yeah. I don't know how they didn't touch in that in that moment where Alonso really had to get out of the way. But oh, yeah. that was a great battle to watch. And I'm hoping because there was a lot of talk about science before the season even started that he was ready to, you know, win loads of races, become a championship winner. Mm. But he just doesn't seem like he's ready for it yet especially with those two Red Bulls taken off right, right at the beginning. Mm. What was the news that came out today, Coops, that Charles Leclerc might be in line for some penalties very shortly because yes. because they changed that part already. That part was already changed for the start of the race and that part instantly went bang. And yep. now they haven't got any more allotments without obviously going into the place penalties on the grid. So it's the control electronics and the energy store. Right. Uh, something came up on the data during Quali. It was was it Quali in the race, but during the weekend there was some data that made them not like what was going on. So during Park Fermi, they went in, they changed those two components. It came out today that those were the two components that failed and they're not recoverable. Mm-hmm. So whatever's happened within the internals, they're gubbed. They're done. You know, certain things happen to certain components and that you know they can be engineered and fixed within you know whatever regulations there are to govern that uh, and in those parts they're allowed two over the season right so the first parts the first set wasn't you know they didn't like it it didn't fail but it was given back data that was like could fail maybe not mm-hmm. we don't like it so something wasn't right they put in the new ones you know, took them out of the bubble wrap, fired them in, and they lasted however many laps, and they've gone completely. So, mm-hmm. so they're gonna hope one, that, that original, the original set will be rescuable, and you know. Well, but the, the the thing is, what every team does, because you know, Formula One have decided that the power units have got, you know, there's a limited amount of components in it. Every single like every team will plan out to get extra components in a pool and they'll look at certain races. So you don't do it in Monaco because you can't pass. You don't do it in Australia because you can't pass. Mm. So they'll look at, you know, Spa is probably one where a few teams will do it because you can pass in Spa. Jeddah, you can pass in Jeddah. So you might see them fired just doing it there, second mm-hmm. race of the season, limit the damage. You might not, but again, it just depends on how wounded the first set of components are and how much they trust them. Yeah. So... You know, Charles Leclerc comes away with no points. His teammate gets fourth. Red Bull have first and second. And then he's already looking at penalties within the next handful of races. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit, it's, it's a worry. And it's even more of a worry because they came out of preseason and said they'd sorted their power unit issues. And they'd regained their 30 break horsepower that they had to lose to, you know, <laughs> keep on top of the viability last yeah. season. And then something goes pop. So... It, it's it's very concerning for them, and Ferrari will be very worried. As you say, when you talked about Carlos Sainz, he was largely anonymous. He finished fourth. I don't remember much other than Alonso having the battle with him. He was just there. Mm. Uh, so it it's not the start that they would have wanted at all. So. Let's go to Connor and talk about Mercedes then. The Mercedes had, well, arguably good damage limitations for the dog of a car that they seem to have. Every, you know, Toto Wolfer came out over the weekend, said, said, you know, even though I've stuck up this car for, for, for however long on the run-up to this season, maybe it's time to change concept. That's probably music to Mercedes fans' ears because clearly this concept is just not working, is it? No, I mean, Mercedes' problems were rooted in the fact that it just lacked rear downforce. And it's not as bad as last season, because obviously last season they were suffering from ding and bouncing and things like that, and that was the real issue. So that's that, that that's not on this car. That's not a problem on this car, as shown throughout testing in the first race. However, as I say, it's just a pure lack of downforce. And in the race, that really hurt them. You know, they ran their lower downforce wing at this race. And what that tells me is that, well, they did that so they can, so they're not, loses much speed on the straight line obviously but what that tells me is they're not getting the required performance from the underfloor which is crucial so that's where that mercedes problems were rooted in terms of changing the concept they're very limited in what they can do under these mm-hmm. uh cost cap regulations because you know a few years ago uh, if mercedes thought well we need to change the concepts they could probably get a new car out for mid-season that's what a lot of teams did 
10 uh, over 10 15 years ago that's what teams would do Mm. that could afford it so mercedes are fairly limited in terms of a change of concept you know they've obviously got that imola upgrade planned which is supposed supposedly around three tenths and there's some conceptual changes within that but in terms of a change of concept they're fairly limited so they'll probably need to look for a complete overhaul to uh, 2024 because it's not as simple as just changing the side pods on the car there's is is not as simple as that. Yeah, he did say he did say I'm looking to a change of concept, but it probably won't be for this year. But at least they're gonna, well, at least they're gonna try. Yeah, there'll be changes. Make- there'll be changes, but they're limited with what they can do under these regulations. So it will be 2024 where Mercedes really will look severely different. But in terms of you know, yeah, it's just it's not good for them, is it? It's uh, we were over no, the, but, we were the damage limitations. Was it was it fifth and? <laughs> It doesn't matter about damage limitation because at the end of the day, they were outperformed by a team that takes their engine, gearbox and race suspension components. And that's such a hard pill to swallow for a team like Mercedes. So they were, I mean, yeah, it was good damage limitation. It was a good drive by Hamilton. I'm not, you know, it was a great drive, but that it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they're outperformed by a team that, as I say, takes the whole, pretty much the whole rear end of that car. So they're doing something. <laughs> Do you want to add anything, boys, to, to, the, to the Mercedes talk, Coops or Will? I think it's quite interesting that they stuck with the zero sideboard concept mm. and already talked about the fact that they've got a plan B if this doesn't work. Like, why not just change it? Got like, a plan B. I mean, if you take away Ferrari, who found another concept that worked for them aerodynamically, that's not what the Red Bull concept is. A lot of convergence towards the Red Bull concept concept happened anyway. You know, Aston Martin looks similar to a Red Bull. The Williams is looking similar to Red Bull. Uh, I mean, let's just not talk about McLaren. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there is that constant. They, they are moving towards that. And Mercedes, is it engineering stubbornness that they're like, oh, no, we don't want to be seen to have failed and go down that route? Who cares? Mm. It's not about that. It's about whether you're winning. But, they, you know, so they've, they've, they've went with this. It clearly hasn't performed the way it is. As Connor's touched on there, they're not getting the downforce through the floor. And a zero down in, in this kind of uh, concept to the rules and the, the way this, the rules work, you know, that's a big problem. Mm. So why not move it? Because it's the same as last year. You know, yes, okay, the purpose was part of it, but they weren't getting the downforce last year and they had to, you know, they, they, they couldn't get the car to within that optimum window. So... Yeah, it's it's a strange decision, but yeah, I think they'll be they'll be slowly converging towards the Red Bull concept, I think, and then as you guys were saying, and Connor's touched on as well, they'll probably move to a more a similar, more recognisable design for the following years, I would presume. Mm-hmm. They'll have to if it doesn't work out for them this year. Toto Walker said something along the lines of, "If I have to push Lewis Hamilton around the track myself." I will get him his eighth championship, but I don't think he's going to get him the eighth championship in in this car, the way it stands. Let's move on then. See who else had a good race, relatively speaking. Logan Sargent, I think, and the whole of the Williams team, I guess. On the whole, they had a, a yeah, decent they, weekend. They did. Albon grabbed a point. Sargent was up within the points. Ended up finishing twelfth, and he was the first of the last the lap runners. But you know that Williams looks solid enough. I think they've they've taken a step. Interestingly enough, actually, I was, when I was doing my article for my conclusions on the website, yeah, there was a tweet that talked about the, the the gains that everyone's made based on last year's fastest lap. No surprises there. Aston Martin found top 2.4 seconds based on last year. <laughs> yeah. So they are top by a margin. And Williams found 1.2, I think, if memory serves me. I don't have the tweet in front of me. Uh, Everyone else was like 0.6 and then the bottom of the the bottom of the crew was Alpha Romeo with 0.1 of a second. Right. Um, so you know that they, they've found something. Uh, it still doesn't have the, the amount of downforce that it wants. I think that was an issue during testing that they, they, they didn't quite have the the maximum amount of downforce that they would like to have. But you know, 1.2 seconds and getting themselves comfortably and amongst the kind of top 10 and there there or thereabouts, it's a good start for them. And they yeah. finished, you know, they, they, they were pretty drama-free. They they got around the track. It, it looked decent when you seen it on the screen. It didn't look squirrely. It, 
done everything it's supposed to do. And uh, Logan Sargent's first lap was immense. I watched that earlier today. Somebody put it on Twitter and that first lap, just the onboard. I mean, that man, that boy's a driver. I didn't know much about him before he got announced as coming to Williams. So, mm-hmm. you know, my, this is my... Uh, opinion thing, on him. My, my opinion on him was completely, you know, completely ignorant. Don't know who he was. I knew of him, but I didn't know much about him as a driver. Don't know much about him from the, uh, coming up from the the lower, the lower uh, echelons of motorsport. So that's why I went with Nick DeFries to be the the rookie. But I think you know, Piastri is still good, but that McLaren is he's not going to be figured in anything to do with getting results till we even after Baku. So. You know, it'll be interesting to see how Sargent grabs it. And he's he's, he's done well. Good start. Yeah, so good start for the Williams. They've kind of swapped places with one of our favourite teams, McLaren. Will, let's talk about McLaren then because uh, Williams. It's it's basically a straight swap. They're back at the uh, they're at the back of the grid. Uh, Oscar Piastri is probably pulling his hair out, thinking, what the hell have I done? I should have stuck with the Alpine team. I'm in the worst car on the grid. And it looks like doom and gloom if you're a McLaren fan, like unfortunately me and Coop. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, yeah. What, what what can you say about McLaren? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll just revisit my predictions from last week. Rook of the year, Logan Sargent, most improved team in Williams. Yeah, I did say that. I remember. I remember. So I've got, <laughs> I'm sticking with that. We're but, only one race in, though. I know. We're one race I won't, in, get, I won't get too far in myself. But yeah. McLaren, yeah, PS3, unfortunately, did have to DNF. And Norris, what I think he pitted five times with a constant yep. issue on his car. Mm. It just wasn't their weekend. Uh, we're hoping it's a one-off, but the team itself doesn't seem hopeful. I mean, Norris came off that race actually quite upbeat in the interviews just because I think he knew it was so bad. There was no point being, you know, a bit stroppy about it. He might as well just smile, move on, hope it yeah. improves. But it wasn't their weekend. No, and he's got a contract until the end of 2025 as well. So I wonder if he's seriously considering trying to you know, activate some kind of performance clauses and, and kind of pimp himself out to maybe an Aston Martin team to, to get rid of someone's son. No, he, he's going to Audi. <laughs> you reckon? Oh, yeah. Seidel's already got him marked. As long as he doesn't <laughs> really destroy his stock up until then, because, you know, from what I gather, everybody within the paddock has a lot of respect for him as his potential and as a racer. So, mm. you know, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's disappointing. As we all know, and for anybody who doesn't know, McLaren are in this situation because I think it was late on in the development they realised that they should change the concept of the car. Right. So they missed the they missed the development targets, which means they're relying on upgrades. Big upgrade coming, a few upgrades coming up until Baku. But I think the biggest one they said was Baku. That's the that's where they're saying, look, you'll find, you'll see it then. Let's go to Connor. Connor, what's your thoughts on McLaren? Stronger than I expected, which no, is really? slightly. I mean, they had a horrible race, but no. I, after testing, from what I saw, I thought, well, you know, obviously they've completely changed their ideas headed at the end of last year to have a massive upgrade package for Baku because they thought there was more upside doing that. So obviously, as Coop said, after Baku, we should see a more competitive competitive McLaren, but I thought they were stronger than, as I say, I, I expected. Norris put it in Q2. Piastri was four attempts off, but it wasn't actually as bad as what many people thought because he had a big snap at turn two, which probably cost him about two, two, two and a half tenths. To Norris and he didn't actually lose that much over the rest of the lap so it was it wasn't as bad as a debut as many people thought for Piastri actually I thought he did fairly well against Norris yeah and he, and he can't be blamed for uh, DNFs either you know yeah exactly the DNF in the race was was just unfortunate for him but no McLaren looked yeah stronger than I expected I think there's silver linings there definitely you're a more optimistic person than I am, I've got to say, and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a McLaren fan. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think they'll be able to... I think Norris Norris said that he, they think they might be able to score points at Australia and possibly Jeddah as well. McLaren's more for the future because, obviously, they're still using the Toyota wind tunnel, and that's not as not as good as what a, a lot of the rest of the grid are using. So when they get their new wind tunnel, the new driver in loop simulator, you should see, start to see the fruits of, of that come to fruition in a few years time so it's kind of in a 
transition phase at the minute. It's not a great start to the season, but I think they'll they'll find their feet after Baku and and hopefully because I'm a big fan of McLaren as well. I'm not a massive supporter, but I like them to do well and hopefully they can get back up there. One one thing I will say actually, just before we move on, if it was noticed in the race that although Norris was getting lapped, he kept up with the, the front runners of Alonso and Hamilton when he was sitting behind him. He was on fresh hards though. So that's probably worth about uh, a second, maybe. It, it still get, it gives them something. I mean, it, yes, the, the tyres will probably be a slightly skew the numbers a wee bit, but, you know, if it wasn't for the air issue, I think it was the air system had to be topped up. Isn't that's why you had to come in that many times. Yeah, yeah new, pneumatic yeah. system. So, so yeah, there are, there are some... Upsides. To- it's, 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 there's some potential with the, with the, with the car. But again, it's all if the the upgrades do what they're supposed to do. Mm. You know, you you have to sometimes you've just got to write things off as a bad day. You know, Piastri, you can't really do much with Piastri. He had an issue with electronics to do with the power unit of the engine. It just wasn't working for them. Uh, and Norris, you can't really work out the potential that as he's just getting himself into the swing of things, he's got to go back into the pits to top up a mechanical issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's talk about the other person that went through the pits a few times and had penalty after penalty after penalty, it seems. Let's go to Will again. Esteban Ocon and the Alpine team. Certainly a day for him to forget. Alpine team in general. I mean, Gasly put in a, a stellar performance. He went from, I think it was P20 to P9. But Ocon, he had a five-second penalty, didn't serve it right. Ten-second <laughs> penalty, five-second penalty. I think it was 35 seconds in total. It might have been more. But it's just, it's not nice for a driver. And I don't know if he just gave up or if they had a problem, but he did retire in the end. But, mm. I mean, I heard him complaining on the radio that he says all the time in the go-karting, why is he getting penalties now? And he even complained that other drivers didn't park up on the grid correctly. So he's trying to bring others down with him. But just, yeah, Hi. not good. He has always been that sort of person. Ah, he just got to look after his own stock. He packed his car wrong. The sensor under the car and it's on the grid that registers it. Mm. Flagged up and went, you're not right. Deal with it. And then, oh, it was funny. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of Ocon. I thought he's, there's an arrogance about him, the things he says. There's just, you know, I had to eat a bit of humble pie because he'd done quite well last season. But, you know, it is quite nice to see it, you know. And it was just, I just I just had to laugh every time it clacked up. Oh, Ocon's under investigation. And it, they were all slam dunks. It was all things like, okay, the first one he got after his five seconds was an engineer that was a bit too quick to change the front wing. Fine. Then what was it? He then got a fight. Then he got a 10 second because he didn't serve that right. And then when he was serving the 10 seconds for that, he sped in the pit lane. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. Good man. Then yourself. Yeah, the, uh, the memes have been fantastic. The memes have yes, been great. Yes, they have been awesome. Uh, so, couldn't have happened to a better, more deserving driver. <laughs> it reminded me of, I think it was Hungary 2015. And Maldonado got a penalty for speeding in the pit lane for by serving a penalty for speeding in the pit lane, I think. (laughs) We'll just add on to what Coots was saying about Ocon. I'm a big fan of Ocon. I really like I think he's a great driver. And I think I think the arrogance about him is what I like. I think if you want to if you want to be a Formula One driver performing at the highest level, you have to have a certain arrogance about you. And Ocon definitely has that. And I really like him. I think I think he's a great guy outside the car, you can tell. But I think in the car and there's definitely an arrogance that Coop said, but I think that's a positive trait, certainly. And look, don't get me wrong, it was funny. It was funny, you know, and everything that happened, 35 seconds of penalties. But I think we all have our bad days. And I think the LP is actually pretty competitive. It looks like the fifth fastest car. So I think, you know, as we get to other tracks, he'll definitely be in the points a lot. So, uh, yeah, not a great start, but uh, it happens, I guess. Did he it, just give up or was it true, but issue? No, I think the team just... You know, there's no point running and might as well save a bit of mileage on the engine and the other components. So I think they just kind of parked it, which I think if I was Ocon as well, I think I would, I would just, like I say, can we just park it? And- yeah, they should they should have parked it on the start-finish straight and then got, called out a safety car 
and bunched up Max Verstappen a little bit. We could have seen, maybe seen Alonso on the top step of the podium instead of just the third step. But, you know. After Ocon's misdemeanours with the pair of them, I don't know who he'd rather, <laughs> who'd rather <laughs> win. You know, because obviously Massey, but yeah, Alonso and him and Alonso had a little bit of friction. Then obviously at Brazil 2018 with Verstappen. So he's not, he doesn't tend to make friends on the paddock. But at the same time, you know, the drivers aren't there to make friends. They're there to to do the best that they want as they can. So I like it. So we've got two teams left, I believe. I think we've got Alpha Tauri and we've got Alpha Romeo, the two two Alpha type, Alpha teams. So let's go to, let's go to Coops. Which one of those do you want to talk about? Because I actually, you know, I was at the F1 Arcade, which is an absolutely fantastic venue, by the way. If you get a chance to go, go to the F1 Arcade. It's brilliant. The simulators are amazing. And if you go to a watch party, the atmosphere in the watch party was just immense. There were 600 fans, all, you know, mega F1 fans watching the race and, you know, screaming at the TV when things went well, kind of heads in hand when things went wrong, you know, i.e. Ferrari. It was just, it was, it was a great atmosphere, great, great place to be. But I didn't, because of that, I didn't necessarily take in every single bit from the race. So who can summarise what Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri's race was like? We'll go to Coops first. Choose one. Okay, so I'll go for Alfa Romeo. It was very... Not a lot happened, and then all of a sudden, Bottas was up in the top ten. Mm. You know, you didn't... I don't know if we were paying attention to Alonso too much, and maybe we were looking at other things, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he's, he's seventh or sixth or eighth around during the round of the pit stops, and, you know, Bottas finished, he was 72 seconds behind the leaders, but he's a solid eighth place. You know... Largely anonymous, the car done well. Uh, Joe, unfortunately, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if any 16th, I'm not sure if he was just sold out by you know the virtual safety car because a couple of guys get caught out with that, mm. or the teams didn't bring them in to freshen things up and get a bit held, hung out to dry. But yeah, it's one of those quiet, get go about it type races for, for Bottas and for Alfa Romeo. So pretty much all you'd really want. He got himself a couple of points, looked relatively competitive. The car doesn't look bad when we did see it. One thing I want to say about Alfa Romeo, and I, I thought this the whole weekend, not just when I was watching it on the big screen in F1 Arcade, it's really, really difficult to tell what the cars are, which each it is this year. It's not just the Alfa Romeo, but the Alfa Romeo is probably one of the main culprits. I, I kept looking in it. I was like, is that a Mercedes? No, oh, oh no, it's not the red. Oh, that's an Alfa Romeo. They, the cars are getting so similar. I don't know if you found this as well. I found it really difficult to tell who was who between the Mercedes, Alfa Romeo, and just a couple of the other teams. I was like, who is that? Oh, oh yeah, it's you know, it took, took me a few seconds to get it. Isn't, did anyone ask about? I find that, or was that just me being a thirty-eight-year-old man that's got deteriorating eyesight? Yeah, I found that as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. A young, a young person come, come forward. That's that's good. It's not just me. I, I, I did the same with Alfa Romeo. I was watching it with, I was watching the race with my cousin and uh, my uncle. And I saw Bottas got a really good start from, to, and he was he vaulted himself up to eighth. And and I didn't realise at first. I said, is that a Mercedes in eighth? Because it, because mm. obviously the cars are, are running more bare carbon this year to save and, and, and things like that. So it is hard to tell. And especially with the, the light at Bahrain, it's definitely... Yeah, there was a few teams. Even even though the Aston Martin hasn't really got much bare carbon on it, it's green. You can still see it in that light. Sometimes from a distance, it looked like the Aston Martin was the Mercedes until it got closer. So yeah, in the dark, it was really difficult to tell. Absolutely. So we've got one more team to chat about. Then Will, I'll let you take that one away. Alpha Tauri. We also haven't talked about Haas, but oh oh yeah, three teams. So yeah, so we've got another two teams. Sorry now. So, Al- Al- Alpha Tauri or Haas, then which one do you want to take away? I'll take Haas as I predicted them to be the most disappointing team. Oh, okay. And they didn't do that in qualifying. Hawkenberg had a great qualifying, made it into Q3, leaving his teammate, I think he was out in Q1, Magnussen. So, that's going to not make K Mag that happy. Already, they <laughs> might not be the best of friends. And to see your teammate in Q3 while you're stuck in Q1 is not going to make you the, the happy chappy that he sometimes can be. But mm. then in the race, it just didn't go well. I think they finished 14th and 15th or, or you know somewhere around that mark. 
It just thirteenth and fifteenth. Yeah, it just didn't happen for them in the yeah, race. It was really anonymous for the two of them. Mm. I'll leave that to Connor then to do Alpha Harry. Yeah, I can't say I was. From all my reading and research from the weekend, I wouldn't say Alvatar is probably the team I least looked at or was least talked about. Yeah, they were struggling with a little bit of balance. The car probably looked the slowest. It doesn't look like it has much front-end grip, which was a problem last year. It's been a little bit from understeer and mid-corner balance. But in saying that, Sonoda had a really solid drive to 11th. I kind of think it went really under the radar. You know, he wasn't too far behind Albon, split the Williams. It was a solid drive. DeFries... Struggled a little bit through the weekend. Wasn't particularly strong in qualifying. But the, where did De Vries finish in the race? Was it 14th? 14th, 14th? 14th. Yeah, so again, under the radar. It, not stellar, but I don't think it's a bad result. But yeah, Sonoda put in a really strong drive. And yeah, that team, you know, obviously there's rumours about it, you know, either being sold or moving over to England to be closer with the Red Bull team. They denied that though, haven't they? And we all know what happens after they deny it. Yeah, that's what it's been sold already. It's (laughs) if if a team denies something, it's likely in the world of Formula One that something may happen. So, you know, that's that's a different topic entirely. But for this weekend, you know, yeah, they 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 had a stronger race, but definitely look as if they probably got the slowest car on the grid. But it was a solid drive from Sonoda, so you're not great. Didn't do particularly loads of research, but yeah. Well, the fact that nobody had something immediately to talk about probably shows that, that, they, that they were pretty anonymous in the whole grand scheme of things. Oops. The biggest thing for Alpha Tauri was Nick DeVries was, was hung out to dry by his team because they didn't bring him in after the virtual safety car. Mm. So he the, the, the cars all around him were. So he's just, they were all on pressure tyres, they just swallowed him up. So he was looking relatively decent for a, re, you know, comfortable, you know, first, proper race as in his team as a rookie and he kind of just ended up back down in 14th so I don't think he'd be overly impressed with that one because I think he had the opportunity to go in and he just didn't put, bring him in they'll mm-hmm. obviously have the reason you know they'll 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 have the decisions and there'll be a debrief but someone was getting the coffee yeah it was picked up by Ted Kravitz that you know Nick DeFries was hung out to dry mm-hmm. and he's just been swallowed up so don't know why that was it was a shame Perhaps double, maybe had to double stack with Sonoda, or maybe, maybe they split the strategy. Because I'm pretty sure Sonoda pit, or maybe he didn't. Yeah, maybe oh, he did. That's how he ended up 11th. I can't remember. I need yeah. to go back and have a look at the, when that happened. But yeah, it was definitely picked up in this this guy coverage from Ted Kravitz that they can, and he his words where Nick DeFries has been left to has been hung out to dry by his team. So yeah. it was pretty. It was pretty obvious that they'd hung him out to dry. So, a shame, shame for Haas. Haas were very anonymous. I'm surprised at that. They, they, you know, they've got the budget now to get up to the cost cap, but they just, I don't know. Strange one. They were they were strong in qualifying. Got into Q3 and a very he was very comfortable. But I think they were suffering a lot from rear deg as well mm-hmm. throughout the race. I think that was one of their big issues. So I don't know if, you know, I think they'll be stronger at other races throughout the season. But I think. Yeah, it will see rare limited tracks. I think Haas will will struggle. But as as I say about the the safe virtual safety car incident with the midfield group, I was more focused on editing the race report because I had it written out. You know, Charles Leclerc comes home in third, whatever seconds behind, and then I was like, oh, right now I've got to edit it because <laughs> I was not expecting the that to happen because it was the snooze fest, and then oh, all of a sudden. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, well, welcome yeah. to writing an article during a race. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to balance. Yeah, so I missed <laughs> everything that happened in the midfield during that virtual safety cop period. So I'm sorry to the viewers. I can't, or we can't, give a good explanation of what happened. That's fine. So what we're going to do now is we're going to rate the race out of 10. 10 being absolutely fantastic, the best race you've ever seen. One being France 2018, 19, whichever year it was well. Quite a few years that it was a, a boring, a boring race. So I'll go. We'll start with Connor. Give it a rated out of ten. Ooh, five. Five. Will. I'm going six, and Alonso himself brings it up about two ratings. Mm. And Coops. Yeah, I'm going for a bit six, just purely as Will says, the Alonso factor firing in amongst the the front. If it wasn't for Alonso, it would have been a borderline French Grand Prix. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see, I, I'm, I'm affected because I was in quite a good location with surrounded by 600 fans. It felt kind of like I was at the track. Obviously not quite, but it felt really good atmosphere. So I'm going to call it, a, I'm going to call it a seven. But I'm going to base that on the atmosphere that I was surrounded by uh, and the fact that Alonso did what he did. So we had a couple of good battles, a couple of incidents, incidents, you know, especially for if you're a Charles Leclerc fan, a bit of disappointment there. It was, you know, it threw up a few, a few bits of entertainment that I did enjoy, but obviously probably convinced of its, you know, sevenness because of the surroundings that I was in at the time. That's a cop-out because you asked us to rate the race, not to rate the race <laughs> and where we watched it. <laughs> Would that change your result? You could buy me change it by by using my rating system uh, as your kind of thing? <laughs> no. Can I change I watched mine? It a bit. Huh? Can I change mine to a six? Because the Alonso factor, yeah, I guess it made it a bit more exciting at the end. So I'm going to change mine to a six. Fair okay, enough. we'll go for a six. I'm not really, I'm not changing mine to a seven because I watched the Grand Prix late in my living room. So the, the vibe in there is not exactly F1 arcade. You had to turn the volume down and the missus was in bed. Is that, that sort of the situation? That's, I've, I've done that many a time. No, no, she, fell, she was lying in the couch. No. As, soon as, as soon as we finished watching our programs and I had something to eat and I put on the that, she's like, oh, yep. It's lights out and away she goes. Is that what it was? Exactly, <laughs> yes. As you can, you can tell the riveting kind of company I have in my house. Okay, Will, would you change your rating going off the company that you were keeping at the time? Or were you happy with your rating? I'm happy with my rating. My, my company was very good. We had about 40 people all together watching it. But yeah, I'm sick with a six. They were all trying to watch it in a Samsung S22. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was the first race of the season as well, so there was a bit of excitement that way. So that kind of affects your kind of feelings going into the race as well, doesn't it? But yeah, I'm happy with my my rating system. That's pretty much all we need to talk chat about then. That's the review of the Bahrain Grand Prix. We hope you enjoyed the race. We hope you enjoyed this review. Uh, we are Everything F1. You can find us all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We are also on this podcast that you're listening to now. So we'd love it if you'd hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service to get all of your latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. You can also visit our website, www.everythingf1.com, where we update news on a daily basis, get loads of articles for you to read all the time. So keep yourself abreast of all the, all the latest goings on from around the F1 paddock by visiting www.everythingf1.com. And also, if you're looking for merch this year, Everybody wants to look for merch. It's 2023. You want all the latest gear, hats, T-shirts, hoodies. They've even got miniature helmets on there. You know, go and get yourself over to theraceworks.com. Use the discount code EF1 at the checkout and you'll get 10% off the full site. So all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for coming along to speak to me today. Connor, thank you, Connor. Yeah, thank you, guys. I look forward to being on more podcast for the rest of the season thank you very much will thanks for having me once again thank you no problem at all and thank you very much to Jukes. thank you we'll be here next week where we discuss and we preview the saudi arabian grand prix we'll see you then bye-bye bye, bye. bye.